Let's get into some good stuff. You ready? I've got 10 minutes. I told you this is going to be a little different today, okay? So I, I kind of tried to warn you a little bit, but we are going to look at a couple of things. Please turn your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter number one. This actually really does dovetail into to what we've talked about and where we're going. Um, I do want to say this, um, and, I, and I hope that you know I'm, I'm not a... a um, Hey, let's uh, let's do this false advertising and 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 um, trick people. You know, it's the bait and switch. I don't. I, don't, I hope you. Well, I don't do that. But I believe that next Sunday will be a pivotal Sunday in our church. Uh, what I'm going to share next week and, and the weeks that follow, it's just going to be pivotal. I don't want to. I don't want to build you up like, oh, this is going to be like the thunder. You know, I'm just saying what what we're going to what we're going to talk about next week will be one of the most important uh, Sunday services that we've we've had in a long time. Okay, so I want to share that with you. Okay, and um, okay, so uh, John, the Gospel of John, in chapter number one, these. Um, let me, let me start with a story, not what we're about to read, but there were two brothers who uh, ran a printing shop and a bicycle shop, and yet they had this side gig, and they really loved this hobby that they wanted to take to its furthest extent. And so they, they would take the weekends on their free time, and they would explore and build and build prototypes, and they were just constantly trying to advance uh, this hobby because they wanted to see it come to its fullest potential. And on December 17, 1903, in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, of course, these two brothers were the first to actually build a plane that flew and carried a human being, and it was amazing. Uh, but they did so because they had a dream. They, they dreamed of something beyond what they had seen. And they were willing to, to do the work to see it come to fruition. That's what I'm talking about with the church. We all want to see revival. We all want to see the kingdom of God grow. We want to see people born again. We want to see health. And we want to see the miraculous. We want to see God do great and mighty things. And yet the church, overall, the church in America has grown sour to the idea that we actually engage in spiritual disciplines in order to see that happen. And so there again, we've grown soft. These two brothers, the um, Wilbur, and, Wilbur and Orville Wright, were not soft. They were like, we're going to work and work and we're going to go and do until we see this thing come to fruition. And that's what God has called us to do is to labor and travail, if you will. That's an old fashioned word, isn't it? In prayer and study and believing in faith and to be able to go through these hardships. And here we see in the gospel of John verses 20, uh, 29 through 34, um, we see here John the Baptist on the scene and Jesus is kind of on the scene, but John the Baptist has been there just a little bit longer because of timing and he was a forerunner for Christ. And so we see here in verse number 29, the next day John saw Jesus uh, toward, coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. 
And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. And here we see this, this uh, preamble, if you will, to Christ's ministry. This John the Baptist, and he's, he's dressed funny. He's got a little different diet, and he's preaching boldly. I mean, John the Baptist was just this, this mighty in your face. Here we go. Don't care if you like me or not. Boom. And he's baptizing people in water as a baptism of repentance. He was saying, you guys are not living right. You need to repent. And this is a sign to everyone that, yes, you're saying, I have been doing wrong and I want to follow God. I want to do right. I'm not sure what that even means or how, but I'm, I want to reengage. I want to have a revival, a personal revival. And so they were being water baptized. And then Jesus comes on the scene and there's a fulfillment when John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. And he says, that's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The one who called me to baptize told me that here's the sign. When you see this, that's the guy. And if, if, we, if we see that pretty clearly, but if we take a look at the people around, they're all trying to figure it out. They're trying to go, that John the Baptist, he's got a weird diet and dresses, you know, it's, and I don't, okay, I'm resonating with what he says, but then he's saying there's somebody coming after me and how long is that going to take and what's he going to do and what, do we follow you or do we follow? They're trying to figure it out. Have you ever been there? I have. You're trying to figure out, God, what are you doing? What's happening? You know, if, if God forbid that you've ever been a part of a church that just really went through a train wreck. Man, you're just trying to figure out what's going on. Or if there, there's, a, there's a, a, just a, a, a move, a wave, we call it wave or a move of the Holy Spirit in a church and you're trying to figure out, man, this is, this is good. I resonate with this and this is amazing, but what's going on and how are we going to figure this thing out? They were doing the same thing. And here comes Jesus on the scene. And of course, he does what he does. He lives the perfect life. He goes 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He's tempted severely, comes out clean, obviously. He begins to preach the gospel and preach repentance. And he begins to tell people what the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like that. And he used parables and illustrations. And they're trying to figure it out. Even the disciples were like, hey, what do you really mean by that? And when you said that, we didn't get that. And hey, you know, when you said that, the Pharisees, they didn't like that. They're trying to figure it out. Have you ever been there? Because I've been there. Now we get to the end and we see Jesus, of course, saying, okay, listen, uh, you guys see me now, but you're not going to see me for a while. And then I'm going to come back. And they're going like, okay, where, where are we at here? Trying to figure it out. Jesus dies on the cross. The disciples freak, obviously. And then, of course, three days later, they're going like total freak out because the tomb's empty. And Mary says he's alive. And then he, Jesus appears to the disciples, but not all of them. And then the other disciples were like, Thomas was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if that really happened or not. And then Jesus appears to Thomas. He appears to 500 people at one time. He appears to different people in various times. 40-day time period, he's appearing to people, showing them, eating with them, saying, hey, I'm alive. Yeah, it's real. Now, if you'll turn to Acts chapter number one, of course, the next book over, Acts chapter one, and we're just going to read a, a little portion here. I'm going to leave you with a, 
with a couple of words. Acts chapter 1 and verses 4 through 9. These are, this is what Jesus says to his disciples right before he ascends back into heaven. He says, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Verse 7 says, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times and dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And after they said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. I want to leave you with three words, and we're going to start uh, next week and the following weeks, working through the book of Acts and also coupling that with the book of Corinthians. And we are going to see what I believe would be a revival of very personal and yet corporate uh, results. I want to leave you with three words uh, or three statements, if you will. Number one is create the habit of focus. Here Jesus has uh, resurrected from the dead. He's appearing to them. He's talking to them. I, there's so many more things that Jesus said to his disciples that aren't recorded. I, you know, I, I say I want to know them, but I might not. Kind of like love your enemy. No, I wish that hadn't been recorded. So I don't know. It's kind of mixed message on that. But you're just thinking about all the things that he said. But what he did say was, hey, man, I've, I've got a plan for you. This is what needs to happen but what did, this, what did the disciples immediately do? Possibly the same thing you and I have done. I know I've done it. Maybe you've done it. We get distracted with something else that Jesus is like, dude, that's not even important. He was saying, man, this is, what, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be filled with power. It's going to be amazing and great. And they're going like, um, is this the time you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They're still thinking earthly. And he's thinking, I'm thinking kingdom, people kingdom. You're thinking earthly. I'm thinking kingdom. After three years of intense ministry with Jesus, following him everywhere, they still had the tendency to be unfocused on what Jesus was saying and to be focused on what the world was saying. I recently had a conversation with a family member of mine, not here locally. You've never met the person. They're living in another state. And uh, they said, uh, we, we, we hear you don't really watch the news. I said, yeah. And they said, well, how do you stay informed? And I thought to myself, informed about what? I'm like, what are you informed about? Because you're not getting it from the news. You're getting people's opinion, but not the news. See, we, if we focus so much on what's happening in Fox and CNN and all this stuff, we focus so much on what's going on here, we're going to have less focus on what's happening here. And God is just saying that. He's just saying, stay focused. Create an atmosphere of focus, which means you probably, we probably need to do away with some things that we're watching, listening to, or participating in so that we can stay focused. We need to stay focused right here and right here in the body of Christ. Say, God, what are your instructions and what is my mission within the body and what is my mission within this community? And that's our focus.
Create the habit of focus. Verse number eight, create the habit of receiving. He says, you're going to receive. Man, isn't that a good word? I like that. You're going to receive. It's not, it's not religions about giving. What can you give? What can you give? What can you give? But Jesus is about you receiving to receive forgiveness and salvation and eternal life and joy and peace. And he says, and you're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit so that you can be my witnesses, which goes to the next one, create a habit of giving. And that's what Hope Crossings is so amazingly wonderful about is just being a church where we give. And we give to schools and we give to communities and we, and we give uh, between 15 to 20% of all the money that comes in Hope Crossings, we send it right back out in missions. And we're just givers. And we're saying we're going we're gonna to pay it forward. You can say all those terms, but we're just giving. And he's saying, stay focused, keep receiving, keep receiving. Don't just say, well, I received that 20 years ago. No, keep receiving, keep receiving his grace and his love and his Holy Spirit and to allow the Holy Spirit to infiltrate into all the aspects of our lives. And then we stand boldly before God and say, God, thank you. You have redeemed my life and you have rejuvenated me into what I'm supposed to be so that I can give out. The whole baptism of the Holy Spirit and salvation and the gifts of God is all about just simply causing us to be a conduit that's clean so that we can give out to other people. That our lives are not congested with all this trash and stuff that clog up the flow of God out of our lives, but our lives are clean and we allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us. Our expectation is about God's kingdom. We have, we have that expectation because we're saying, God, thank you that I can stay focused on you. Thank you that I'm receiving. Thank you that I'm giving. And it's all about an expectation about the kingdom, not buildings. The kingdom of God is not about buildings. The kingdom of God is about you and me. And that's where our focus is. And that's where we receive. And that's where we give is the kingdom of God. It is redeemed people. It is a Jackson County that is different a year from now than it is today that people's lives are changed. Build all the buildings you want. People's lives are not changed. We're not talking about the kingdom. You okay? And that's what God's called us to do. I, uh, I want to... <laughs> it's like I want to apologize for not giving you what you wanted today. Maybe you wanted rah-rah. You know? We'll do rah-rah next week. But I wanted, to, I wanted to be honest with you and just share with you. I think you, you, you deserve that, and I owe you that. Because you're, you're, you are the best people that I've ever had the opportunity to minister with. And I, and I, I just mean that. Um, I've been a part of several churches, um, and I just think you're the best. And so I owe you that. And so I'm excited about what is coming. I'm excited about the, the Supreme Court that's finally catching up with the Bible. I'm so thankful for science that's trying to catch up with the Bible. I appreciate that. I'm excited about the work that we have in front of us because uh, abortion's not over with. It's still legal. It's just down to the states. Thank God that we have a conservative governor leading our state. Let's hope and pray that we remain with a conservative governor that leads our state.
We are not a Republican church or a, Jesus, a, a, a Democrat church. We are a Jesus church. And I believe that people who have the spirit of God have the spirit of wisdom. Amen?